this podcast. My hat bad words because my daddy says words like sh, damn, and other bad words too much. Listener description is advice. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Detox Podcast, a podcast for dads, where dads talk about life, kids, and stuff. I'm your host, Joe Shaw. John and Galan send their condolences. They could not be here today, but that's all right. We've got a great show for you on deck. This week, I spoke with American Ninja Warrior contestant, Mega Wall Conqueror, Stage 2 Finisher back in Season 8. Uh, four-time national finalist. I could go on and on, but most recently, he is a book author, Mr. Daniel Gill out of Houston, Texas. Yes, that's right. The Kingdom Ninja is on the show today. We cover a wide variety of topics. We talk about his book, The Little Ninja, of course. You can pick it up. Uh, The link is in the show notes. You can pick that up today. We also talk about Ninja Coalition and his personal experiences working with other ninjas in the Ninja Coalition, such as former guest Jonathan Horton. And we also talk about Daniel Gill's journey into American Ninja Warrior, the trials and tribulations he's faced, and uh, what he's been excited to learn about himself and what he is looking forward to moving moving into next year. So stick around. It's going to be a great show, and we'll see you right after this. Welcome back to the Detox Podcast. With me at this time is Mr. Daniel Gill. You might recognize him from American Ninja Warrior seasons. Was it eight, nine, and ten, or is it seven, eight, nine, and ten? Seven, eight, nine, and ten. Seven, eight, nine, and ten. I started watching in season eight, so that's why I've got eight on the brain. Gotcha. <laughs> but uh, thank you so much for being with us today, Daniel. We appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Joe, for having me. I'm I'm excited to be with you guys today. Yeah. So for those that do not know, uh, Mr. Daniel Gill, he is actually he is another Texan like myself. He is born and raised in Houston, H Town. Yep. And uh, he has he's the se- you're the second oldest in a family of five kids. You guys were all homeschooled, correct? Correct. Yep. Nice. Uh, so as a kid, he loved playing outside, climbing trees, and participating in team sports. In high school, he focused on new passions, such as singing, dancing, and performing arts. And during that time, he began leading worship at his home church, Dwelling Place Church, and continued physical training, working out daily, practicing parkour. And he, in 2015, made his debut on Season 7, as he said, of American Ninja Warrior, where you made it to the national finals in Vegas, and you've made it to the national finals every single year. Yep, that is correct. And in 2016, when I started watching, uh, you competed on season eight, and we're one of two competitors, along with Drew Dreschel, to actually beat stage two in the national final. So congratulations for that. I know this season probably didn't go exactly like you wanted, but you still made it to Vegas, still made it to stage two, and uh, we're excited to see what is coming up ahead. Yeah, same, same. It's been it's been quite the journey the last four seasons for me, and I'm just looking forward to, to you know, particularly this next season, just getting back out there and, and showing what I'm capable of. That's awesome. 
So uh, I don't know if uh, you know this or listeners know this, but I feel like uh, me and Daniel Gill are basically the same person. Uh, we're both from Texas. We're both homeschooled. Both had a background in sports, uh, religion, and theater. So I have a dual degree in Christian studies as well as theater. And uh, both married young. And uh, my only thing is I just didn't tap into that parkour potential that you did. So that's that's literally the only difference between us. <laughs> hey, I don't, think, I don't think it's too late, Joe. You know, you can just you can try out for this season. Auditions are going to be open soon. All right. There we go. There we go. Uh, speaking of your uh, theater background and Christian studies, I wanted to know, uh, since it's something that I'm kind of personally invested in having a personal experience with that, how do you kind of see, and we're going a little off topic, we're going to come back to some Ninja Warrior in a second, but how do you kind of envision using or being able to use your performing arts theater background and Christian studies to help, or I guess, how are you wanting to use that to kind of help improve the world and get your message out there? Yeah, yeah, no, that's a great question. I mean, for me growing up, it was about uh, during my high school years that I, I went from just being like a Wednesday, Sunday Christian who was looking forward to, you know, going to heaven someday too. Right. I was like, hey God, if I'm going to call myself a Christian, I really, I want to devote my life to to walking the walk, learning to, to talk the talk. And um, so after graduating high school, I went to a two-year ministry school here in Houston. And it was during those two years of my life that I got to, to travel the world on different uh, missions work, got to, to preach the gospel, uh, lead worship, and just kind of experienced the the things that I had read about in the Bible and the scriptures my entire life, but witnessed it firsthand. So then it went from just being head knowledge to actual, you know, heart knowledge and, and physical experience, things that I've seen and done. So I got to travel to places like um, Bulgaria, to, to Rome, Italy, to um, Honduras, to Japan, Malaysia, and all these different places. And it was during that season of my life that I, I – uh, was just looking at my life, looking at the future. And I was still young, about 18, 19 years old. And I said, God, I have so many options for what I can do with my life. I can go into the sports industry. Um, I could go into the, the music industry. I could get a full ride scholarship somewhere on a vocal, uh, vocal scholarship because I'd done that all th four years of high school. I said, but also I've, I've got a passion for business. So I said, so I said, God, I got all these different ideas, all these things that I know I can do. But while I'm devoting my life to to, to full time ministry right now, uh, I'll just rely on you to open the doors that you want me to go to, through to bring the people in my life that you want me to partner with. And it was during that season of my life that you know a friend told me about uh, a gym here in Houston called Iron Sports, and I needed a job at the time, so I began working there. And then I I remember just having this thought, and I said, Well, God, like. I was totally fully committed to going into full-time ministry or being a worship leader or a pastor or a missionary. But if you're going to open this door and I'm going to, and I have now found myself in this, um, you know, position working at a gym, coaching students and training for this, this TV show called American Ninja Warrior, then I'm going to go ahead and use this as my platform, as my means of, of influencing, uh, as many people as I can for, for good, you know? And so I put, kingdom across my chest so that people would know what I'm about. And I, I, I over the last four years, gotten to use this platform as a means of, of uh, encouraging people, lifting them up, inspiring others, and just bringing a positive message and a message of hope and life to any who watch the show. So it's been a great uh, privilege and an honor and such a joy to get to, to see how that is cultivated into the last four seasons of American Ninja Warrior for me. That's awesome. So I know you talked a little bit about <clears throat> getting started and and being a part of American Ninja Warrior these last four years. And you talked about working at Iron, is Iron Sports Gym, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. And that's Sam, Sam, Sam San, is that, am I saying that correctly? 
originally originally built the place. Okay. We got a bunch of ninjas out of there. Yeah. Um, so how did you, because we we've had Jonathan Horton on the show before, and he spoke about how he got involved with the show, sending a tape, and, and you know, he had a little bit of name recognition, having been a part of the Olympic team. And so, uh, but he just sent in a tape. So is it, was it a similar process for you getting started as well, or, or how is it a little bit different for you to get on the show versus the way that he told us he got on the show? Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know uh, how he shared his story, but I know for me, anytime anybody asks me what the the hardest obstacle that I've ever faced on this on the show, I tell them just getting on the show itself was by far the hardest obstacle that I had to to overcome. Because if you don't know this, they take anywhere from like uh, eighty thousand or more submission videos each year, and of those, you know, eighty or more thousand. They'll only accept about four to six hundred applicants total. So there's a very small percentage that actually gets to to go through the audition process and finds themselves competing on the show. And so for me, I, I told you kind of how I got into to working at a gym and training and preparing myself physically for the show. But it because it is a reality TV show, you do still have to fill out an online application. It's about nine pages long, and it's reality TV, so they want to hear all the crazy background stories, right. your, uh, you know, downfalls, disappointments, things that will sell on TV. Right. Um, so for me, I remember filling that out, sending in my my submission video as well, because you have to film yourself and say, hey, Ninja Warrior, I'm Daniel Gill, 21 years old from Houston, Texas. Here's where I work. Here's how I train. Please select me for you know season at the time seven of Ninja Warrior. And so when I sent in my first video, I thought I was a shoe, and I was like, man, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm preparing myself physically, uh, but I never got the callback. My my first season trying, uh, which was season six in 2014. And so I found myself just kind of like heartbroken and crushed because this was my, my dream. But when it didn't happen, I was like, okay, well, I still work at this gym. A bunch of my friends and coworkers are getting to go compete. I'll, I'll go with them to the competitions. I'll test run some of the obstacles. I won't be eligible to be a competitor, but I'll, I'll kind of get a feel for what it's like. So I did that. I went to several different of the different regional competitions. Uh, filled out a waiver, got to test run the obstacles during the day with the producers and other people watching, present, making sure that the obstacles are, you know, living up to how they want them to be when they actually do the filming. So I made a lot of friends with, um, you know, different producers and things like that, and they invited me out to to do more testing. And so I was like, oh man, I'm I've got an in now. Like I know a bunch of people here, and they were like, well, send us a video next year. We'd love to see you on the show for season seven. And I was like, done. Like this is it. So I trained hard for another year fully confident that it's going to be a smooth ride for me getting on for my now what's going to be my first season on season seven. I send in another video, work hard on it, fill out that application again, and then a few months go by and callbacks begin. All of the the different people at my gym uh, start getting callbacks. Daniel, I got my call. I'm going to compete on season seven. Uh, have you gotten your call yet? And I just remember telling so many people like, no, I haven't. I'm still waiting. You know, I'm, I'm hopeful, but I haven't gotten the call yet. And I'll never forget one of one of my friends, he'd only been training at the gym for a couple of months. And he comes in, he's like, Daniel, you'll never guess. I got the call. And even though I've only been training a couple months, can barely do like 10 pull-ups, uh, and you're way stronger than me. I, I got the call. They must like my backstory and want to see me on the show. Surely you've gotten your call by now. And I'm just I remember looking at him and just like feeling just defeated at my lowest point and being like, No, no, I, I haven't gotten the call. And I don't know if I will. And then, you know, I come to find out auditions, they, they've ended. Callbacks have ceased. 
So I found myself in this position again for the second year of, okay, what am I going to do? Am I going to go test run obstacles again? Uh, no, I don't want to do that. So, so the only other way to get on the show is if you join what's called the walk online, which that same season for season seven, John Horton actually did the same thing as I did. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I went and I joined the walk online. Thankfully, it was here in Houston, Texas, uh, where they were filming that year for that regional competition. So I took a, a week off from work, went uh, to the site. I showed up five hours early trying to be the first person line because I was like, God, I'm going to do this. I want to be the first person line and I'll show up five hours early at like 3 a.m. But by the time I show up, there's already like 27, 28 people in line. Mm. So I'm, I find myself just facing another obstacle because I'm aware that they only take about 10, maybe 15 people from that line. So then I'm like, okay, well, I have no other option but to wait here and, and hope for the best. So I wait in line for a week and, uh, how, did, this- how does, how does that work? Not to cut you off, but like, so, so you're like 30th in line right now, roughly. And how do they vet out all the people in front of you to, to get to you? Like, what's the, the normal, I guess, protocol procedure in that, in that case? Yeah, it honestly, like everything else with American Ninja Warrior, when, when you sign all the paperwork and you're a competitor, every single decision is at the, the, um, producer's sole discretion. Mm. So they get to decide whatever they want because it's their show and they want it to look a certain way. So for me, I was like, okay, maybe I'll get lucky and they'll just kind of weed through some other people or maybe people are going to leave line because we're going to be here for a week. I'll, I'll, I'll just take my chances and hope for the best. And I believe I'm supposed to be here. So one way or another, I think it's going to work out. But after about four days of waiting in line and having to be there from like 7 a.m. to like 8.30 or 9 p.m. without leaving, (laughs) I found myself just sunburned, dehydrated, and just at the end of my rope. And I remember they had this little like set up uh, fenced in area for the the walk on competitors to wait every day. And I remember sitting there with this li- in this line of like 50 other guys. And I was sitting there and I was so frustrated. And I was like, God, like this is this is ridiculous. I'm doing everything that I know of to try to get on the show that I feel is like is a dream and a calling on my life. Um, and I've got all these dreams and these plans, but nothing is working out. Nothing is adding up. And I remember I got to the point I was like, Okay, God, like I've done everything that I can do. Uh, and I'm not going to hide any of my frustration, I'm not going to hide any of my pain. Like it is what it is. Take with it or take it and use it with however you will. But I said, but I'm going to wait it out. I'm going to, you know, until it's over, I'm still, I'm going to stay. And while as I'm like having this kind of like just this frustration, like self-talk, um, one of the producers walked up, just walked by the line, noticed me, recognized me. I've got pretty, you know, uh, like hair, my hair stands out every hey. recognized. He saw me, recognized me, pulled me out of line, and he said, you're, you're dead, right? And I, I barely remembered the guy from a year prior when I got to test run the quizzes. And I was like, yeah, yeah, how you doing? He's like, why are you in this walk online? And I was like, well, it's, it's a dream of mine to compete, and I'm doing everything that I can. I did not get selected. My video didn't get um, chosen, so I'm here in this line to try to get on. And he was like, well, Daniel, you know, last year you were too young, and – you know, I don't know if there are any problems with your submission video. Maybe you sent it in too late, or um, I don't know. We just, we maybe it just fell through the cracks. We received over eighty thousand videos. I'm sorry. And I was like, well, this is my dream, so I'm going to wait this out. And he was like, well, Daniel, I remember you test running the courses last year. I remember seeing how physically strong you are, and just getting to spend a little bit of time, just kind of watching you. I like your personality. I like your character. Here's what I want you to do, Daniel. I want you to go back to that line, wait it out the entire, the rest of the week. 
And on the night of competition, when we send everybody else away except for the select few that we either that are either first come and first served or any others that we might pull out, I'm going to make sure that you get chosen and you get a chance to run the course. So that night, you know, fast forward a few more days of waiting in the hot sun, sunburned, <laughs> all that stuff. The night that they send everyone away, I, I get a chance to run the course. And that was the night that I ended up having the, the fastest time of the night in the Houston qualifier episode, went on to become the rookie of the year and now a four-time national finalist. And I, I tell people all the time, it's like, I had a dream, and though I faced obstacle after obstacle, I never gave up. And I, I, I stayed true to, to, to who I am and did everything in my power to make it happen. And that's just oh, that's just awesome to hear, like a, a great story of, of you got to persevere and you know i heard i heard a really great i have a lot of, i have a few mantras that i like to apply to my own life and one that i heard uh from somebody the other day and i can't remember who exactly it was i try and give credit but the she said <clears throat> every so everybody believes like uh, only a select few people get luck right but she said no everybody gets lucky in their day-to-day -day life the trick is recognizing what the luck is and being able to maximize the opportunity so for you, the opportunity was you got to go test run the course. You got to put your name out there. You got to put your face out there. And you, you know, even though it felt like things weren't going your way, you still recognize like, look, I, I, I meant to be here. Several things have fallen in place and I, I need to stick it out. And you got lucky in that someone who already knew you saw you, recognized you, and you were able to maximize on that. And here you are four years later, $10,000 richer. <laughs> That's a shout out to the mega wall. If you don't watch the show, he went, what, 18 foot? On that yeah, mega wall, that was crazy. So, that's just that's just an awesome story. I want to ask, just from my own personal curiosity, how late is it when you're running that course? Oh, <laughs> oh man i I found out real quickly why it is. You know, it's it's half part athletic competition and half part reality TV show. Because at the end of the day, like they have a show that they're filming and. And they want full control over all the lighting and the staging and effects and things like that. And in order to do that, they, they have to film all night long. So for me and all the other competitors that you watch on the show, every episode that you see is filmed between the, the hours of like 9 p.m. and 6 a.m. So all of us competitors, we show up at around like uh, 7 or so to sign in to get ready. And then we, we wait in line or we wait in like a holding area until it's our time to run. And so – and you don't know what your order is going to be until you show up. So some competitors, you know, they get to run earlier in the evening around like 9, 10, 11 o'clock. Others, and unfortunately like myself, it seems almost every time I've never run any earlier than like um, 3 or 4 in the morning. Oh. I ran that mega wall this year. Um that was at 3:45 in the morning is when I when I did the um, Dallas City qualifiers and hit that mega wall. Oh my gosh, I would have been so oh I would have been so asleep. Ooh. Oh, there there's a bunch of factors that play uh, against the athletes as we compete <laughs> on the show. You know, and that's something I remember seeing in the in an interview you did not too long ago about talking about the mental toughness that's required of of Ninja Warrior, and and, and you spoke a little bit. And I want you to speak a little bit now about your the fact that your performing arts and, and background in theater kind of help kind of lay the groundwork for the mental strength you draw on during these runs. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so like my, uh, all of my high school years were devoted to, um, uh, performing in visual arts. So singing, dancing, Broadway musicals, all of that, like that was my life. And I thought I was going to go into to Broadway after high school. 
um, but here I am now as a ninja warrior. But the same principles that I, I uh, would put towards, uh, you know, memorizing a song or memorizing a dance routine and being able to to uh, you know perform under the lights, under the cameras, with an audience, uh, with the mentality of like, okay, things might not go exactly as planned, but the show must go on, and it's up to me to portray to the audience. Like I know exactly what I'm doing. Like nothing, even if things are going wrong, like I'm in control. Like, and I'm not gonna let uh, let you guys down, you as the viewers. So for me, when I tell people what it what it was like the first time I competed, and what it still is like every time I compete on American Ninja Warrior, is I tell them for me uh, mentally it feels the same as a a stage production because when I step up there on the podium or on the the platform, the starting line for the the competitions, I'm standing there. And, and and like similar to to um, like performing, I've got a plan. Like I've trained for this. I've prepared myself physically for this, and I know that I'm I'm I should be strong enough to do it. I've prepared myself mentally, as in I've visualized the obstacles. I know exactly what I plan on doing, where my hands are go, how hard I need to to hit a trampoline bed, and 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 all of those things have already taken place in my mind. So when I step up there and I'm standing there before the starting line. I've got the light shining in my face. I've got the cameras at every angle pointing towards me. I look out and I've got the audience uh, surrounding me, watching me. And then I've got got a, a course in front of me with water underneath me. And it feels just like it did when I would step out and perform on stage. And because I did that so much in high school, it became um, very easy to get right in the center of my zone and drown out every other noise, every other visually stimulating, you know, flash and, and all those things and just do what I went there to do. And so I got really good at that in high school with all, all the performing that I did. So now as it applies to American Ninja Warrior, a lot of ninjas suffer from the anxiety of just performing under the lights. They say, Daniel, I'm strong enough to, to complete every obstacle. But as soon as I feel the heat of those lights or as soon as I hear the audience cheering and, and chanting my name or as soon as I, I see the cameras pointing at me, my heart starts pounding a thousand miles an hour. Why, why don't you suffer from the same thing, Daniel? And I tell them it's, I feel like I was you know, uh, prepared during my high school years for kind of what I'm stepping into and what I'm doing nowadays in my life. So the mental strategy is, is literally the exact same. I, I train myself physically, just like I would memorize all the notes, I would memorize all the, the, the keys, the range, everything, and then I would step out on stage and do it and perform it. For Ninja Warrior, I, I prepare myself physically. I put in all the conditioning to where I know my body is strong enough to do it. Now I just need to, to overcome, especially the new ones that they add every single year, and just hope that, or give it my best and hope that everything works out the way that I believe it can. That is awesome. I know one of the things that I, I wanted to kind of touch on, you touched on that a little bit, but how much, I guess, how do I say, and you talked a lot about the new obstacles. And I know that uh, having spoken with Jonathan before on the show, they don't let you take a look at the, you know, there's a, a couple opportunities to maybe get a peek at a few things here and there, but for the most part, they don't let you look at the course at all until you get up there. So how, how much of your runs consist of knowledge that you've already worked on your head, you're practicing every single time when you're in the gym versus something new that you've got to improvise? I guess, how do you approach something you've never seen before? And you've got to draw on that, like kind of performing arts, improvisation, like skill set, but apply it in this athletic way. Absolutely, and for me, I feel like a lot of uh, a lot of the top ninjas that you see uh, who who compete and do well on the show are ninjas who 
know what they're capable of. They know their abilities and they know how adaptable they can become uh, whenever you know you're presented with a brand new obstacle that you've never seen or never touched, uh, and you have to you know do it in front of uh, viewers for the first <laughs> time ever. Because what a lot of people don't know is that when you're competing on the show, what you as viewers watch on TV is the very first time that we're touching almost every single one of these obstacles. And a lot of times people are like, well, Daniel, like, why did you fall here? Why did you fall there? Like, what happened? And I say, well, you know, the times that I have fallen, the obstacle took me by surprise or it just didn't feel the way that I thought it would feel because I didn't get a chance to, uh, to practice it because they add new obstacles every single, um, every single competition. And so for me, uh, personally, when I'm training at the gym, you know, there's, there's a physical strength element that is necessary. Like you need to be physically strong enough to, to accomplish or to, to complete these obstacles. But at the same time, you just need to have a level of uh, improvisation where you, you can look at something and say, okay, I believe I know my abilities well enough to know how to tackle and accomplish each one of those obstacles. And so, again, for me, it goes kind of back to theater where, you know, that when things go wrong, they say, you know, the show must go on and right. don't let the audience know that, you know, things are going wrong. Just like roll with, improvise. And so a lot of times when I'm competing on the show and I come up against an obstacle that I've never seen before and never touched before, and even though I've done it in my head, if I get before that obstacle, whatever it may be, it might not feel or go exactly the way that I plan. And so I need to be able to make a quick decision right then and there in order to get through it. Now, again, you need to be physically strong enough to actually complete that obstacle, which is where a lot of just the conditioning comes into it. But you need to be balanced in your strength um, element and then in just your your adaptability to be able to go with the flow and and you know go through the punches, so to speak. Like whenever you come across something that's, totally taking you by uh, by surprise you know and so i think the best athletes on the sport are really well at uh, just preparing themselves physically but preparing themselves mentally and understanding their limitations and what they're able to to do on a course very good um quick question do you think we're going to make it to vegas one <laughs> believe that capable yes <laughs> now you can play different uh discipline and right. athletic background so um, he, he's told me that, you know, Ninja Warrior hasn't been something that he's dedicated, uh, you know, his training and his daily routines in the same way that he has to gymnastics. Right. Whereas for me, I don't have a gymnastics or, or you know, Lord, an Olympic background. And so I don't have like for me, American Ninja Warrior has been like the Olympics for me. Like so all of my training, all of my mental preparation has gone towards, you know, hitting buzzers on this show and it's it's paid off. And so I've, I've had conversations with Jonathan where he's like, okay, Daniel, like the last couple of years, Ninja Warrior's kind of just been, it's been fun for me. It's been another way for me to stay in shape and to, to enjoy training. He's like, but after this season 10, he was like, okay, Daniel, I'm, I'm ready to really, really kind of, you know, not compare it to the Olympics by any means, but to mentally go for it, like work for it sure. and prepare myself for it. Uh, and so I, I fully believe that uh, he was capable this last season, but just had a run in with those that crazy tuning fork obstacle. That and, was insane. Yeah. <laughs> wild. <laughs> so I'm confident that he'll, he'll be joining me in Vegas next year. Very nice. Now, do you think you could make the Olympics? 
Lord, no. <laughs> no, sir. I watched those guys and just the, the body control and spatial awareness and the years and years and years of dedicated training that they put towards a very specific skill set. And I think to myself, maybe if, if I started when I was like four or five years old, I'd have a shot. But as it is now, no, I, I think I'll, I'll leave uh, that discipline to the pros of that sports. <laughs> Though I do like jumping on, on high bars every now and then. But <laughs> man, Jonathan, he's, whenever we're in a gymnastics gym, Jonathan shines like in ways that you might think I would in like a, a Ninja Warrior gym. Sure. So we each have our own our own giftings, and man, I'd love to try gymnastics more, yeah. but I don't think that's on, on my plate anytime soon. <laughs> that's awesome. Now, I know I read an article that said that once you got the uh, the $10,000, you were talking about possibly using that as a down payment on a house. Have you, uh, have you put that money to good use? We have, yeah. So um, my wife and I, we, we're about to celebrate uh, two years of, of marriage. Congratulations. Thank you very much. It has been the most um, exciting adventure, even more so than you know competing on American Ninja Warrior. Just this thing called marriage. Yeah. And so you know the the ten thousand that I won, uh, we've put a lot of that towards savings. We're saving up for a house, and we basically have everything that we need. Now we're just waiting for our lease to end at our current apartment and find the right spot. Because the last thing we want to do is just jump into the first available house. We're, we, we're confident uh, about just waiting patiently until we find the right spot. And when we do, oh man, that'll begin a whole new chapter of our lives, becoming homeowners. Yep. That is awesome. I wish you all the best with that. Um, now, for those that may not know and may only watch American Ninja Warrior on the day-to-day on NBC, uh, there is something that's on on kind of, I guess, maybe the off-season on USA, uh, Ninja vs. Ninja, which you were the captain of Team Iron Grip. Yes. There. And uh, you that was the first time. So kind of tracking back to you were a rookie and you were a rookie of the year, and then you kind of helped teach and guide uh, Matisse Awadi or Kid Awadi this season. And I got to, you know, for those that tuned in Ninja vs. Ninja, you saw him there before you saw him on American Ninja Warrior. What is that? What, what I guess, has that been during? Because this season was also the first time they lowered the age limit to 19, so Kid was able to compete. What has that been like kind of helping teach or guide? And I don't know how much of this was for TV and how much of this is in day-to-day, but, but I guess, like, how much of a hand have you had in helping, like, get him ready for these obstacles? And also, how much of that have you just kind of been blown away by his kind of natural talent? Yeah, yeah. No, I've I've known Kid, man, ever since I began working at Iron Sports about six years ago. And when I began working there and training there and seeing this at the time, like I was head and shoulders above this guy. Now he's like several inches taller than me, but he was just this little pipsqueak who would come to the gym and I was like, why is this little kid taking an adult ninja warrior class? And they're like, well, he's been here for a couple of years. He's actually really strong. And, and so... I'm, I consider myself kind of one of his mentors, but he's been training hard for, gosh, like a decade at Added Iron Sports, and so I can't I can't take much credit for his physical <laughs> abilities, though I'd like to. But I can say that over the last two years, we've developed an incredible friendship, and we've been pushing each other to the limits uh, in our regular training. So when uh, it was last year and I was invited to be the team captain again for uh, Ninja versus Ninja and I needed to put together a team, they said, okay, Daniel, like, who would you like to choose from? And I, I told them, I said, hey, guys, I've got this, this 18-year-old kid and he is better than almost anybody at my gym that I work at. 
is there any way that you guys can make an exception for him? And because he had competed on the college edition of Ninja vs. Ninja, they said, okay, we can make an exception for this guy. And he came on, and I, he did exactly what I knew he was capable of. He blew everyone away just with his his ability. He's taller, he's got, he's lanky, and he's nothing but just muscle mass. This guy is so strong. And um, so seeing how he did this last season on season 10 of the Ninja Warrior, um, it has been such a joy for me uh, because though we're you know rivals off off the scene, we're always pushing each other to do our very best to go faster, to, to finish more obstacles. I'm I'm so proud of the athlete that he's become and what he's uh, successfully accomplished on his very first season, hitting as many buzzers as he did. He finished a city finals course uh, his first year, which is something that I didn't do. So it's been really cool to get to kind of play a role in in his success and just uh, be a, a huge supporter of of him and all that he's doing. Man, that's that's just awesome. Was um. What do I want to say about the the competition? One thing that really impressed me this is this is what I was trying to think of was when I was watching Awadi, and so I, I'm a pretty big Ninja Warrior fan for those that haven't uh, picked up on that by now. But when they introduced the Wing Nuts last season, you know that was something where you kind of saw everybody approach it the same way, get up the momentum, jump across, and then the, you're doing the relay race competition. You've got the Wing Nuts, and he gets on there and he just like reaches over with one hand and just like climbs across. And I, mm-hmm. I'm just like, what? Who is this guy? I mean, that was it. Uh, it was yeah. amazing. So that to your point speaks to his like wingspan and his just ability to improvise with these obstacles that you know he i'm sure he's seen before but he was like i'm just gonna approach it this way because of the the time and needing to make up speed because it's a big relay race but yeah man that's that is awesome um now i want to get into your children's book and the first question i want to have for the little ninja which is a fantastic book my kid my kids love it by the way so awesome. uh, so um uh, my daughter watches ninja warrior with me and she's three and I, I i was telling jonathan horton this i built her a little tiny like makeshift toddler uh obstacle course in the backyard that she loved like a couple of years ago and uh, jonathan was like i think i could beat that obstacle course and get to vegas so <laughs> <laughs> but uh but uh so she watches it with me she loved the book and uh but the first question i have for it is is why a children's book and why now Ooh, okay that's a great question so for me like uh, i've worked with kids my whole life i mean growing up like i was always involved in different like uh, children's ministries and then youth ministries and even after graduating high school uh, i stayed on at my church's youth just because i, I wanted to have a say in the lives of young people because I mean I'm not that old I'm only 25 and I remember being uh, you know just during my early childhood development years like I would have these these role models that I would look up to uh, you know different celebrities and and if I ever had an opportunity to sit in like a, a congregation or sit in like a um you know, a speaking engagement where I got to hear from someone that that I you know I I kind of I idolized the things that they would say in their their talks or their encouraging you know motivational speeches, the things that they would say would impact me and my life more than things that my my teachers, my coaches, and even my parents would tell me because so and so that I looked up to and that I wanted to be like because they said it to me. And so as soon as I got on and began competing on American Ninja Warrior, I knew that I had this this huge target on my back for kids who watched the show, who looked up to us and wanted to be like us. And so I, I, I thought to myself, okay, now that I've 
you know, establish myself as, you know, a ninja warrior and a, and a good competitor at that, a well-known one. Everybody always remembers and recognizes my hair. I said, what are some different ways that I can, uh, or di other different ways that I can, that I can uh, have an impact on young people, have an influence over them and, and, and share a good message to them. And so a friend of mine, I'll never forget, he called me up like a year and a half ago or so, and, and he said, hey, Daniel, like I was tucking my, my, my son, who's six years old, I was tucking him into bed tonight, and I was reading him this, this children's book, and it hit me, Daniel, have you ever thought about writing a kid's book? And up until that point, I had never thought about it. It never crossed my mind. But as soon as he said it, it was like something sparked inside of me. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is something that I want to do. Like that is something that, that I need to do. And so it took me about a year of just, you know, writing down all these different thoughts, these different ideas, uh, just different stories from my life that I wanted to put in the book. And then, uh, you know, after about a year, we, we found a, a publishing company and then it was like, okay, rubber meets the road. Like now it's time to put every, put all these ideas together and, and create something that we can share with, you know, the next generation of ninjas. So for me, writing the book has meant so much to me because it's another way that I can use my platform to inspire and encourage young people who watch the show and who look up to me the same way that I looked up to others as I was growing up. And it makes myself more uh, reachable, more approachable uh, to these young people that they can relate to me and say, okay, you know, I want to be like how, you know, this kingdom ninja, this, this little ninja was as he was growing up, that I should never give up, I should never quit, and that even though you know there's gonna be difficulties in life, I'm not gonna quit. And so it's been really, really fun for me to get to kind of pour my, my heart and my soul into this, this children's book, and even more fun to have my wife come alongside me and do all the illustrating uh, for the book. It's been this incredible journey, and I'm already looking forward and already writing my next one. That's awesome, I, I, I love the yeah, the illustrations my my daughter just absolutely loves. So yeah, your wife did a fantastic job on that. Um, and I love the – so we read a lot of Dr. Seuss uh, as a lot of our bedtime favorites. And so my daughter loved the the rhyming and, and just – and I, I love the message about like even though like you, you're getting through these American Ninja Warrior obstacles, the kid's dreaming, he wakes up and he goes to school and he's thinking about how he's got to – you know, he's tackling these obstacles and these obstacles are just as important, but in different ways. And so he's trying to apply himself so he can get the skills to be able to go and train and, and have the mental knowledge. It's just, it's a really, just a great message. You, you guys did a really great job on that. So thank you so much. Yeah. Um, can you give us a little tease as to uh, what you're thinking about for your follow-up? Ooh, let me see. Let me see. I've got, honestly, I'm working on several different books right now. Okay. I think the next one, the next one, um, so the first book, you know, he, he's all of his obstacles either take place in his dreams or on the playgrounds that he's that he's at at school. And so for this next one, due to the popularity of just different gyms, local gyms popping up all over the country, I think I'm going to write a book and it'll it'll include him, you know, actually beginning his journey uh, and taking Ninja Warrior classes at a ninja themed gym. Okay. And so this one, this next one will have more of an obstacle emphasis and more of an emphasis on getting back up when things get hard, like never giving up, never quitting on a, a specific dream that you might have. I like it. All right. And Daniel, real quick, what is uh, Ninja Coalition? And, and as a follow up to that, what's on the horizon for Ninja Coalition? Man, okay. Well, Ninja Coalition is a is a, a group of ninjas uh, that 
we, we've started a, a company because due to the, the popularity of Ninja Warrior and for me getting so many requests to go speak at different schools and events and, and things like that and, and Jonathan as well, several other ninjas that I'm good friends with, because we were doing all these traveling and all these speaking engagements, um, we, we had a good friend of ours who was like, well, why don't we like, let's, let's start something out of this. Let's start a company and, you know, all come under the covering of one name. And, and from here we can, you know, send more than just one ninja to a specific event. Or if, if a company calls and wants someone to come speak, we can do more than just send someone to speak. We can actually bring obstacles and do events and things like that. And so, um, that thus the Ninja Coalition was born, and we've got I think five ninjas. I think it's like me, Joe Morowski, Jonathan Horton, Jesse Lebrecht, um, who else? Alyssa Beard. And so there's a bunch of us at, like top competitors that are a part of this Ninja Coalition. And so we've just recently purchased a huge full-scale Ninja Warrior course, similar to what you see on the on the show. And so now we're doing events, whether it's like a school tour where we'll go and speak at you know X amount of schools with a challenge that we'll issue to the school, whether it's, you know, get better grades over the next three months or, you know, less tardy, zero detentions, you know, finishing different assignments that the, your school have. And if you kids at this school finish those, we'll come back in, you know, three or four months with a huge course that'll be completely free, um, all sponsored by different uh, companies that are, that are coming and, and standing alongside it. And we'll give the kids an opportunity to compete on American Ninja courses with some of their favorite ninjas. Oh, that's awesome. Things like that, different church events, different uh, business events. It has been incredible, and the sky is literally just the limit to where where we see this going. That is really, really cool. And it's super fun, too, because it's like, you know, how many how many people wish that they could just get on the course? But, you know, if you're not one out of 80,000 people, it's very difficult. So this gives you the opportunity to meet people to be able to compete and to be able to kind of help spread a good message and a good cause. That is awesome. Um, now, is there, if people want to follow what you are up to, what's the best way for them to do that? Oh man, any form of social media. So like uh, Instagram or Twitter, you can follow uh, at Kingdom Ninja. Also go to Facebook page uh, and a website. You know, people can hit me up on my website and I post weekly newsletters through that and that's danielgill.ninja. So I love my followers. I love my supporters and looking, uh, good quality content to, to inspire and encourage those uh, who look up to me and other ninjas. Very cool. And if people want to follow or get in touch with Ninja Coalition, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, probably through the website, uh, which uh, you can follow us at, at ninjacoalition.com. Okay. And there's different booking engagements and just content that the ninjas have produced. So, yeah, that's a great place to reach us at. Very cool. Now, I did have one last follow-up question for you that was sent in by uh, co-host Galan that couldn't be with us tonight. He asked you, it's a very serious question, is your hair the secret to your powers? If you cut <laughs> it off, would you lose all your strength like Samson? Oh, man, I get asked that question all the time. <laughs> and, you know, I didn't think it was. Like, I, I still don't think it is. But after state, how stage two went on season 10, the very first time I competed with my hair up in a man bun, yes. I, I got wet. And I got wet early. And so everybody – I've had so many people come up and say, Daniel, we know why you fell this year. It's because you had your hair up. You, you lost your strength. So – regardless of whether or not I believe that, I don't think I'm ever going to compete with my hair up again <laughs> because also I didn't like the way it looked. I was like, man, my hair doesn't look as cool when it's pulled up. <laughs> so, man. But then that with with the whole Samson thing, everyone's like, okay, Daniel, if you're like Samson and your, hair, your strength comes from your hair, 
what does that say about your wife? Oh, and no. I'm, well, shoot. No, we've already had that conversation, and, and she's not cutting my hair anytime soon. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, that is awesome. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for taking your time out of your busy, busy schedule to come on the show with us. We really appreciate it, and uh, we hope you – we wish you all the best. Thank you very much, Joe. I really appreciate the time. <laughs> thank you so much. All right, listeners, stick around, and we'll have more after this. back and we just want to thank Daniel Gill the Kingdom Ninja so much for coming on the show that was a great discussion talking about his book his journey with American Ninja Warrior what he has enjoyed what he's looking forward to and a lot of great shout outs to different ninjas uh, Kid Awadi of course our friend Jonathan Horton Sam San and uh, Drew Dreschel Joe Morofsky you've got a lot of ninja shout outs in that show and we'll be we'll do our best to make sure and tag everybody accordingly but once again if you want to buy The Little Ninja, it is in the show notes. You can go get that today. And uh, we really just want to thank Daniel Gill for his time. All right. Now it is time for everybody's favorite segment, Dad Jokes of the Week. This segment is pretty self-explanatory. I find some dad jokes and I tell them to you and you do your best not to groan. Sometimes I tell them to a guest. Sometimes I just tell them to you. Today, I'm just telling them to you, so I will imagine what the groans sound like. And because this was uh, Daniel Gill is an athlete, I got some athlete or sports dad jokes for you. Here we go. I've got, uh, I've got two for you. So first of all, have you, have you heard the one about the bad pole vaulter? It never goes over well. It never goes over well. Why shouldn't you marry a tennis player? Because love means nothing to them. Because love means nothing to them. And, uh, all right, one more. Why did the golfer wear two pairs of pants? In case he got a hole in one. In case he got a hole in one. All right, that was Dad Joke of the Week. And now it's time for the hashtag roundup. In this segment, I... During the course of the episode, write down different phrases or things that were said, make them into hashtag, and uh, I narrow it down to the top three. I usually ask the guest what the hashtag of the episode should be. I didn't do that this time. We got too caught up talking about American Ninja Warrior, so I just went ahead and chose what the hashtag of the episode should be. So for those keeping track at home, the hashtags that we had narrowed it down to were hashtag... Walk on Warrior, hashtag Wednesday Sunday Christian, or hashtag Go Ninja Go. And what we decided the hashtag of the episode will be is hashtag Walk on Warrior. So that is your official hashtag of the episode. If you know of somebody that should have their story told, or if you want to come on this show and have your story told, you can go to our website, detoxpodcast.com. That's D-T-A-L-K-S podcast.com. You'll find links to all of our social media. We are at Detox Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And of course, you can email us, detoxpodcast at gmail.com. You can contact us, send us Ask the Dad questions, or just uh, give us compliments and feedback. 
And also, if you want to give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, that would be great. The link is in the show notes. It takes you about five seconds. It means a great deal to us. And uh, that's about it. If I've forgotten anything, I'm sure that uh, my co-host will bring it up to me at a later time. So uh, until next time, everybody, hashtag walk on warrior and hashtag be a better dad. Detox is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W dot com. <laughs>